Welcome to 360 Real Time, a Steelcase podcast with behind-the-scenes conversations on the research impacting the places where people work, learn, and heal. I'm Rebecca Charbowski. I'm here today with Dan Beam, Superintendent of Forest Hills Public Schools in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He's been there for more than a decade. The district serves nearly 10,000 students. Dan's recently engaged a team of people to rethink creativity and collaboration within his district and bring energy back to all the district's schools. Dan, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rebecca. Great to be here. We want to hear about how this project got started and what you were hoping to achieve. Well, I've been thinking for a long time. You know, when you look at uh, a two-year-old or a three-year-old or maybe even a kindergartner, when they go into school, they they actually sort of bounce up and down. Like when they walk, they kind of have that hop. If you go into a preschool classroom or kindergarten classroom, there's a buzz. And that's such a it's such a wonderful thing to see and experience. But I was concerned because when I go into a middle school or a high school, you don't see that hop. You don't experience that buzz as much. And A few years ago, we interviewed one student from each of those 28 high schools, and we interviewed them one-on-one. And one of the questions was, describe your high school experience in one word. And so we had 28 students give a one-word answer. 19 students gave the exact same one word, boring. And uh, as an educator, that just stabbed me right in the heart. I was going to say it just breaks your heart. That's really what got me thinking, and, and how is it that we can get that bounce back and get that buzz back in our school? So so then you called in Steelcase. Tell us how that partnership developed. I've been interested in the design of space within schools, and I knew Steelcase knew something about that and a little bit about um, you know how we have schools, especially at the middle school and the high school. Kids are kind of chained in a desk, if you will. We, we call them sled desks. If you want kids to bounce and buzz, that's really not a great design there. So mm. we'd work with Steelcase a little bit, and we were so honored to be able to obtain an active learning grant. And through that partnership, I learned a little bit more that uh, Steelcase has a consulting team and their ARC team. Uh, and meeting with a few folks there, and not only were they excited, but there was a give and take back and forth that I realized that uh, this partnership could be very valuable for our school district. So ARC, ARC is the Applied Research and Consulting Team. Tell us about how they approached the district. That's really interesting. Sure. We kept having these conversations that were so incredibly energizing. We kept talking about this experience that um, kids have and and what it was that I was looking to create uh, in our middle schools and high schools. And, and we talked a lot about the history of education to why we have the systems that we have and, and how we can change those things and the like. Um, and it was just incredibly exciting. I had had these conversations with a few of our teachers who had talked about this article they had read in the D School in Stanford, Mm -hmm. and they talked about IDEO, and I remember hearing a story on the radio about Mm -hmm. IDEO. It just felt like there was opportunity here. And then as teachers were talking to me about this thing called design thinking, then I understood (laughs) design thinking and its genesis there at at IDEO and in the Bay Area, and it, it just all came together. 
So when you started working on what sort of problems you were going to solve, did you identify something as you were working with ARC that you really wanted to tackle? Yeah, we, we really wanted to get that buzz back. We wanted to look and find out what conditions can we create in our schools that really taps into Again, that innate joy of learning, I think that we all have. I think when learning is authentic, when learning is something that just flows from a natural experience, it is something that's joyful. Um, How do we do that with 13-year-olds and 14-year-olds and 15-year-olds? That's what we were trying to do, and ARC's been an integral partner in helping us with that. And as you talk about building this excitement and this buzz again with the older kids, the kids in the high school how did you go about starting to address any sort of behavior shift? And did it really even start with students? Yeah, it really has been about changing behaviors. At first, we started talking about that schools have this iconic image, at least in the 20th century. We've seen them expressed, especially high schools, in, in movies and the like. And this image when you go in of, of a classroom with the teacher at the front of the room and the desks and mm-hmm. the students and, and trying to get the students to be engaged. And so I thought, you know, do we have a, a situation where the behavior of people, both adults and kids, is almost preordained when they walk into a space? Like if you were to go into say, a library reading room, or if you were to go into a football stadium, or if you were to go into a funeral home, the space speaks to you in a way of what type of behaviors are possible here or acceptable here. And I was wondering, were our schools sort of communicating that sort of same message in some ways? Were the walls speaking to us as as adults and kids of what's possible here and what's not possible here? And that's what we wanted to do was to really understand what it is that's going on and, and talk to more students and talk to adults. Design thinking has been just an incredible tool that's uh, expanding in our schools, I'm very happy to say. I'm reminded when you talk about iconic movies of because we talk about this with the workplace too, right? People have this vision of the sea of cubicles or right. office space. And for schools, it's like that Ferris Bueller line, Bueller, yes. Bueller, right? You're trying to break out of this image that people have of sitting in a lecture hall and sort of being spoken to versus it, engaging in their own exactly, learning. Exactly. I remember talking with some of my superintendent colleagues, and I said, you know, we really have this crisis of engagement in our schools. Um, It's as though, you know, we're only tapping into a small percentage of the potential of our kids with the type of experiences that have been created. And kids will talk about that, how school really is this um, endurance contest uh, so much at the secondary level. And they're enduring this so they can get on with their life. That happens after school is what they're assuming. And my thought is, why can't we make uh, these experiences in middle and high school really about practicing the real types of things that kids are going to do in their adult life and and not have it be this sort of academic obstacle course where kids even have a very clear sense that this isn't real life. This is something that is to be endured and something that they have to do and something that they think other people have done who are now adults and they just need to put in their time. And What steps do you take? What steps have you taken? We sort of have this big fire hose of content that we sort of point at kids, and we want kids to learn 
all sorts of things, uh, maybe too many things. And so therefore learning is more shallow rather than more deep. And that's really where art came in to help us and really take us through a 10 full day experience of understanding what design thinking is and looking at problems that exist as great opportunities to bring about a design solution around those problems. Yeah, I mean, we're doing a lot of uh, talking now about this need for creativity and innovation in the workplace, right? Yes. There's a stat out there, 65% of kids in school today are going to do jobs that have been invented yet. Right. Um, so creating these kids that are engaged to learn and learn right. throughout their lives. So you had all these great workshops with ARC and you talked about different ideas and prototypes and ways that you could infuse this into your district. Can you share some of those ideas with us? Sure. One of the things that we kept noticing in our design thinking workshops and something we've talked about outside of that is that We've got these silos of learning that Mm. sort of math happens at the middle school and high school level in this 55-minute block, and science happens in a separate sort of silo, if you will, and all these silos, and we don't bring them together. So we really said it makes sense. In adult life, you don't encounter a problem that's purely math, let's say, or not, not often. And so we said, let's bring these content areas together, interdisciplinary learning. We do that a lot at the preschool level. um, And somehow we get away from that in an idea that perhaps it's more efficient and the like. So really trying to bring in interdisciplinary learning and then also trying to present kids with uh, real problems, real projects, real issues when there's no clear, easy answer when it's not simply trying to cajole the teacher to get the answer or Google the answer in some place, then what happens is really something that I think schools need to be all about. And that's about flexing our thinking muscles. When we do that with kids and we ask them to flex their thinking muscles, it truly is amazing what creativity and and problem solving emerges. So, for example, one of the things that we thought we would do, and this has been a great project, is something just called an edible garden. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, there's this notion of uh, farm-to-table yeah. uh, sort of cooking and, and restaurants. And we said, hey, what, what about farm-to-school uh, notions on this? So kids coming together in understanding what does it take to plant a garden? How do you make a garden produce things in Michigan all year long? What type of nutrients is it that is most helpful for kids in the school day? Everything from health to science to planning to acquisition of materials to writing to other people, research, all of these things have come together and kids have prototyped a variety of different things. Um, We now have these vertical gardens where they have sort of a, a vertical uh, indoor greenhouse project. And oh, how cool. uh, yeah, it's neat to see all the things that have emerged from that. And once you get one example, and so something small like an edible garden that maybe 10 years ago or even five year, years ago we would look at as just some little one off, oh, isn't mm-hmm. that nice? Now it's really an engine for transformation where other staff members, other teachers who may not have been directly involved in the design thinking work with ARC now look and say, geez, what is that? And so at our schools now, teachers are engaged in small sort of design thinking experiences and mini lessons in understanding more about this. 
and it, it's really spreading. Uh, so that's a very exciting to see. So certainly there's a buzz there, yeah. uh, certainly among the teachers, and I'm so happy to say among students as well. So that's what I was just going to say. It seems like it's not just spreading among the students. It's spre- it's engaging the, the teachers. Are you seeing more teachers come forward and say, I've got an idea for a project? Absolutely. There's been a problem in education where the the accountability system has really been this big hammer that's come down on teachers. And so what we've had is a lot of fear among teachers, sadly. And that fear can be paralyzing where they feel as though there's only one pathway that they can take. Mm. And it's sort of been, if kids aren't learning, just up the rigor even more. And rigor was narrowly defined as just throw more homework at them or throw Mm. uh, a bigger problem set at them. We're trying to remove the fear in saying that we want innovative, creative ideas. We want to hear from teachers of things that they've been thinking about, maybe quietly or in their own minds for years on end, to bring those things forward. If we can bring about an edible garden and kids can learn and deepen their learning in a variety of content areas, there's all sorts of things we can do. And the narrative has changed from one of fear to one of excitement and one of what are things that we can do that engage students? And again, we're sort of refining this sort of pitch as well. But but might school be about two big things? Uh, first is providing all kids with those foundational building blocks to be lifelong self-directed learners. And then the second big thing is about creating experiences for kids where they are beginning to practice the type of things that we ask adults to do. So we ask adults to work in teams. We ask adults to work on wicked problems that don't have an obvious solution. In in creating these experiences, we also want kids to begin to work through who is it that they are? What is it that really engages them on a personal level? What is it that they might be passionate about? And in asking kids to engage in those type of experiences, they begin to understand for themselves what it is that they're not interested in, perhaps pursuing, and what is it that they really think they may want to pursue. Not that they have to have that answered before graduation from high school, but to have already provided them with some experiences that helps them understand who they are and where they fit into the world. I think that's a powerful mission for K-12 schools uh, added to that piece of acquiring all the building block knowledge bases, skill sets, and dispositions that are needed to be successful. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. That's why in college you uh, you try internships, right? So right. that you can figure out where you want to exactly. go. But oftentimes you're, you're partway down a path by then. Right. So you'd say the buzz is back? Absolutely the buzz is back. It's You uh, said it's still in progress, though. It, absolutely. And I think that's very authentic. I right. keep going back to this thing of authenticity versus sort of a contrived learning experience. And um, so there's lots of things we've tried that maybe have sort of fallen flat, but what kids are learning from that is this notion of iterating and collecting feedback and working on ideas. And so there's a, there's a change in the culture where those type of um, iterations and those type of attempts are celebrated. And even the ones that don't work out, um, uh, we celebrate and even have some humor and some laughs around those as well. But it propels us to the third or the fourth or the fifth attempt. 
That's awesome. We did a podcast on 360 Real Time with IDEO. Yes. And they said the exact same thing, which is it's so unfortunate that the word fail has become synonymous with failure, so to speak, when really fail is about learning. I think that's so interesting to hear you say that because you think back or I think back to my academic career and it is hard to think about teachers or administrators admitting that something didn't work or that it was it failed. But you could see how that could build a bridge and a relationship when all of a sudden you're in this together. Right. In the past, so much of school and teaching was about the dissemination of knowledge. And knowledge is so critically important, but that's really not the thing that the school has a monopoly over anymore. And really now it's about how do we take bits of knowledge from different disciplines and different areas and weave them together? And that really then forms this body of skills. And if we're going to make progress with skills, we need practice. We know, you know, if you've ever learned to play the piano, it takes hundreds if not thousands of hours of practice. And you are not going to make progress if you're not making mistakes. But that's all part of the learning process. In the old version of school, any type of mistake was seen as something to be avoided, some sort of setback. We've forgotten now where (laughs) it came from, but this notion of fail as the first attempt in learning, as Mm -hmm. the acronym F-A-I-L, that is something that is really seeping into our culture, and I'm so very grateful for that. That's great. I am a parent in Forest Hills Public Schools, and so I do feel like there's so many opportunities for my kids. Then you said you have a variety of stakeholders, but, you know, I know parents are one of them. How has your work with ARC changed the way that you communicate what you guys are doing? You know, that's been transformative as well in terms of communicating. And ARC has taught us about the power of storytelling. Well, I love that. Yes, well, exactly. (laughs) That's what I do. Right. And um, it truly has been transformative because I think as we step back, we're all engaged by stories. Uh, and, And again, this is something that I would say we're iterating and we're trying to get better at. And it was great to have people from ARC come in and talk about what are the elements of a good story. I, for one, needed that. But one of the things that we're trying to do is to bring more people together to tell their stories, more authors, not just simply have the the administrator or the principal be the one to tell the story, to bring students forth to tell the story, to bring a teacher forth to tell his or her story, a support staff member who maybe has witnessed these transformations that are taking place, bringing a diverse set of storytellers in. That's another thing we've learned is so very, very powerful in this. Another thing that I think we always thought about with communication is that things had to be things had to be perfect. Sometimes trying to come up with the perfect way of telling something was actually getting in the way of actually just telling the the story and what it mm-hmm. is and moving more toward this authentic experience. So what a huge project for you to embark upon. I mean, you're talking about changing the way people think, and that can be really scary, asking right. um, teachers that are and students that are measured by, like you said, grade points and test-taking, mm-hmm. and there's lots of measurements throughout the year right. to sort of step outside their comfort zone and try some new things and be willing to fail. Yes. What's been some of your biggest learnings from this experience? 
talking to adults, talking to teachers and people who work in our system, talking with parents, but really talking with kids as well. We ask kids to go through formalized learning experiences for the vast majority of their life uh, <laughs> as their kids. That's what they've been doing. So they, they, even though we don't think of kids as possessing wisdom, they, they do on this thing called school. They possess quite a bit of it. What, what we've taken away from ARC and Steelcase and design thinking is that it is about looking at different problems and then using that as an opportunity to engage in a conversation and to begin to think about what are some possible solutions there. And the other thing that we really picked up is this bias toward action. Too often in the past, we sort of moved at a glacial speed when trying to bring about improvements in our schools. And this bias toward action uh, has been something where we're, we're trying to iterate and iterate quickly. I'm seeing that it's spreading throughout our district, and I'm seeing that in building after building, classroom after classroom, and I, I'm seeing that engagement and that buzz return, especially with our, our older kids. That's really great. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. You know, it's been my, my pleasure. I think we're in an incredibly exciting time in education where we are sort of leaving one world, which is that iconic world of school that's, you know, categorized through the movies we've seen throughout our youth <laughs> about school. And we're moving into a new and exciting world of learning and education. And, and Steelcase is helping us to design that world. That was Dan Beam, superintendent of Forest Hills Public Schools in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You can find more 360 real-time conversations and recent articles at 360.steelcase.com.